When you came in today, you may have seen in the back of the, uh, of the lobby um, a table uh, that is advertising our Celebrate Recovery program, which we are going to be launching on Thursday nights on June the 3rd. And I am so excited about this. This has been a program that Wanda and I have been talking about and praying for since, since we arrived. We had a Celebrate Recovery program in our church in Phoenix, and we saw God do so many incredible things through that. And we're excited to be in the process of launching that uh, coming up in June. Um, we, as, as you, when you think about Celebrate Recovery, people are like, well, what's that all about? Uh, it's about overcoming the hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we need to deal with. Now, come on, it's just us this morning. How many of you be honest enough to admit you either have a hurt, habit, or a hang-up you need to overcome? Yeah, and the rest of y'all are in denial. Can I just say that? Um, because we all do. You know, we live in a fallen world, and we're dealing with all of this stuff that goes on in our life, and we all need the healing that, uh, that God can bring us through programs like that. That's why we talk about the fact that people say, well, you celebrate recovery just for, for people who are struggling with, you know, major addictions, you know, like drug addiction or something like that. Well, it is for them, but it's actually for all of us who find that we just have some stuff in our life that we need to unpack and get beyond. And can I be honest? That's all of us. That's all of us. And I hope that sometime during these weeks leading up to that, uh, that, you're, that you'll stop at the table and talk to some of our folks there about what the Celebrate Recovery Program is all about. When it comes down to it, there's a word that would really define recovery. It's the word freedom. And Celebrate Recovery is about rediscovering the fullness of the freedom that God wants us to live in. And, uh, and that's what the title of the series is all about. Um, when I was thinking about we were going to launch Celebrate Recovery, I thought, you know, this would be a great time to just talk about the freedom that God wants to give us in our life and challenge ourselves. Are we really walking in the fullness of that freedom. If you've got your sermon outline, you can check it out. For those of you watching online, we're going to throw the verses up on the screen so you can see them there. I want you to look with me at a passage of scripture. It's a verse that is kind of the overarching verse for this series, but it's the verse really for today. It is our memory verse for today if you, if you track with us on that. From 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, would you read this out loud with me, please? For the Lord is the Spirit and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Ah, let's read it again, would you? For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love this. I saw this, um, I saw this not long ago, and I just thought this is such a, such a great picture for us. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. This is a, a home for sale in Fayette City, Missouri. It went on the market about six months ago. It's a, uh, a two-story, um, two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath uh, home. It was built in uh, 1875, but it's, um, it's got a lot of character to it. It's really matter. Throw that next picture up. It's, got a, it's just beautiful, beautiful. It's got this uh, beautiful wood. It was completely refurbished in uh, 2005. Uh, beautiful staircase, beautiful upstairs, beautiful, beautiful living room. But you get something extra with this home that you wouldn't suspect. Throw that next picture up on the screen. A jail. A jail. This home also has a 2,500 square foot, fully functional, nine cell 
jail with it. Throw that next picture up on the screen. I'm thinking if you've got teenagers, this is a... uh, This is, this is the perfect home, you know. It's time to go to bed, clang, you know, kind of stuff. Oh, my parents would have loved one of those, you know. I said, and uh, it, it's just, it, it, it's just so crazy. Throw that next picture up, and every room got its own bathroom right there. You know, you got your own bathroom. This uh, this house, like I said, was built in 1875, and it was built uh, to be the home of the sheriff of Howard County, but it also serves. As, as had served at that time as the county jail. And when they were remodeling this, they thought, you know, let's keep this because wouldn't this make a, a, a unique bed and breakfast place, you know, for people who just want a, a unique kind of experience? Well, maybe for $350,000, this home is yours, okay? It's yours. When I saw that, here's what hit me. This is our story right here. This is our story. You know, we all came in today at Sunday morning, and, and uh, we're chatting it up out in the lobby, and we're, you know, we're pretty, and we're nice, and we're upbeat, and we're all that kind of stuff, and people are saying, hi, how you doing? And we're saying, I'm fine, how are you? And we're saying, I'm fine, back to them, and you know what? We're all lying. Because the fact of the matter is, while we see all of this beauty on the outside, down below where we really live... There are a lot of shackles in our lives. Now, it's not stuff we talk about in church, which is really a shame. Because if we can't talk about the stuff we deal with in life here, where can we talk about it? This is the stuff that God came to set us free from. And in this series, I I want us to take this journey of freedom together. And I want us to get really honest and very real and truly face what's the stuff, what are our jail cells? What are the stuff that we really wrestle with? Where are the places for all the freedom we talk about that we have in Christ? Where are we still a prisoner? Can we talk about that for a moment? You could track with me on your outline. I I asked this question, what's in your basement? Um, For some of us, it's the jail cell of past wounds. It's the jail cell of past wounds. I can't tell you how many times in my ministry, uh, after a message or as a personal visit in the office or just standing outside, someone will come up to me and something will have touched their heart. And here's how it will begin. They'll say, Pastor, I've never told anyone this before. And there's some kind of woundedness that's happened to them. For some people, it's been physical, sexual, or emotional abuse. For other people, it's been some kind of thing that's happened in their life where they have been traumatized. But out of that has developed this scar tissue that is still holding on to them, even for some people, that it's happened long, long ago. Now, for some of us, it's the jail cell of fear and worry. Come on, it's just us. How many of you, be honest enough to admit, you struggle with fear and worry sometimes? Yeah. And, And it can be a prison, man. It can be a stuff that can take you captive. We haven't learned anything in this last year with the pandemic. It's about how powerful fear can become and the stuff that it can drive people to do. How about the jail cell of anger? Some of us, if can we be honest, there, there's an anger issue in our lives that we've never really talked about. For some of us, it comes out in rather explosive ways. Uh, sometimes something triggers just wrong, and, and we're giving atom bomb responses to grenade issues, you know. And, and for some of us, that's our story. But for others of us, we're much more subtle. We have anger, but our anger doesn't come out explosively. It comes out as sarcasm. It comes out as criticism. 
that comes out of negativity or cynical kinds of remark. It's, those things are all anger's uh, ugly stepsisters. You know what I'm saying? You know, but it's all anger that's coming out sideways. For some of us, it is the jail sale of addiction. Now, look at me. Come on, gang. Let's, let's be real. Addiction is a real thing that many of us struggle with. I can tell you without even thinking about it, there are some of us in this room, and we are addicted. We're struggling. We're addicted to drugs. We're, we're addicted to either uh, street drugs, the kind of stuff, or we're addicted to prescription medications. Uh, for some of us, it's alcohol. For some of us, it's gambling. For some of us, pornography. For some of us, and we don't talk about this in the church, it's eating. You know, we don't talk about the fact that eating becomes a drug that we medicate our pain with. In fact, I, I was preaching one time, and I said, it hit me, and I said, you know what? Not only do, do we not uh, talk about that drug, we actually provide that. We call them potluck dinners, you know. And we invite every food addict to, you know, to the table to, to, to medicate. For some of us, it's codependency. And, and I've been honest. Codependency was one of the things that I have struggled with in my life. And codependency is basically you're a people pleaser. You want to make everyone happy. Um, I, I, I often told people, man, I, you know, when you're a classic codependent, you, go up, you, know, you grow up trying to you know, please everyone around you. And, and I said, man, ministry was a great place for me. For so what better place to make everybody happy? And then you know what I discovered? I became a pastor. I can't make anybody happy. <laughs> you know? Codependency. Some of us struggle with that. Some of us are in a jail cell of toxic relationships. Some of us are in relationship with people we know we shouldn't be in relationship with, and we can't bring ourselves to step out. That's a prison. Some of us, it's the jail sale of self-defeating attitudes. Look at me. I'm going to be honest with you. For some of you, this is your issue, and you're your own worst enemy. You know, we say verses like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, and yet in our heart of hearts and in our real life, we don't believe a word of that. We're our own worst enemy. We have the self-defeating attitudes. For some of us, and I thought of this, it's the jail sale of debt. And for some of us, I'm talking about not the debt that sometimes happens because life all of a sudden explodes and we're not trying, able to keep up. But some of us, debt is there because we've tried to medicate our life with stuff. And we've maxed out credit cards and we're buried in debt because somehow we think that if I just get a nicer car or a bigger home, I'm finally going to feel that peace inside. And, we, and guess what? It doesn't happen. For some of us, it's the jail cell of despair and hopelessness. And for some of us, it's toxic shame. Now, I don't know if you can identify with any of these, but I'm going to guess for most of us in this room, at least one of these is probably apropos for us. And if not, you can write your own in. But here's what I know. Every single person I've ever met deal with hurts, habits, and hang-ups that they need to overcome. And I am one of them. And I believe God has created us for freedom. Amen. I put on your outline, God calls us to recovery. And I use that word very intentionally because when, I, when I, we talk about, I, I mentioned this quite often about, you know, in, the re, in recovery, we talk about this or in recovery, we talk about that. And people say, well, what, what is recovery? Here's what recovery is. First of all, it's God wants us to experience recovery from the scar tissue of living in a fallen world with all of its wounds and brokenness of life. When sin entered the world, brokenness entered the world. And we're all impacted by that. And God wants us to experience a healing. He is our Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. 
Yet he wants us to experience recovery from all of that pain that life has brought our way and all of the pain of the mistakes and the bad choices that we've made along the way. But that's not all. He also wants us to experience a recovery of the life he intended for us to have, an abundant life of freedom, true joy, and fulfillment. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And that's what God wants us to experience. So let me circle back. Are you walking in the fullness of the abundant life that God has intended? I want to talk today for just the next few minutes. I want to talk about this fact that you and I were, we were created for freedom. We were created for freedom. God wants us, first of all, to recover the identity he gave us. God wants us to recover the identity he gave us. Genesis 1.27, great passage. Would you read it out loud with me? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Think about that with me. God created us in his own image. Image. And when sin entered the world, that identity was stolen from us. And all of a sudden now, we find ourselves in a world that wants to define us, wants to give us an identity. You know, I grew up in the 60s, man. You know, sex, drug, and rock and roll. That was the stuff that was going all on around me. And you kept hearing over and over again people talking about, I just got to go find myself. I just got to go find myself. No, you don't. You just got to discover who God created you to be. No one has the right to define you except the God who created you. If you were to just sit down for a moment and ask yourself that question, really, what is my identity? Who am I really? Would God be at the root of that? Because I think we have to claim that. I don't know about you, man, but I I grew up in in a world where I was constantly having people tell me who I was. I was constantly trying to live up to expectations that other people had. I I found myself constantly trying to to please everyone around me, like, if I can just do this, or I can just do that, if I can just be accepted here, if I can just be accepted there. And somewhere along the way, we've got to find healing for that. And we got to reclaim this identity that God gave us. I saw this story. I just thought this was so cool. Throw that picture up on the screen. Um, that's Lance Daly. Uh, Lance grew up in Western Australia and um, kind of grew up in a, in a rough home. And early on, you know, he got in trouble a little bit. Um, his mom kind of was his settling force in his life. And then his mom died. And Lance said that once his mom died, his life just spiraled out of control. He went from being, uh, you know, drinking heavily to drugs and became a heroin addict and started getting into crime. He was in and out of jail, in and out of jail. He said he finally kind of got sober for, for just a short period of time. And then, don't you know it, his father died. And when his father died, he said, then I just bottomed out. And he ended up, uh, for, for his drugs and crimes, and he, he ended up in prison. And he said in prison, he said he realized if he was going to survive, he had to join a gang. And he said, and I became a part of this gang. 
And he said, and I, I was a part of them. They were a part of me. He said, I got this tattoo put on me that, you know, made me a part of that gang. And he said, and when I got out of prison, he said, I stayed a part of that gang. And he said, we were doing stuff we shouldn't have been doing. And he said, one day, he said, I woke up and I realized if I stay on this trail, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And he realized, I've got, I've got to break out of this because that's who he had become. And he said he told a couple of gang members, he said, I, I, I've got I've to leave the gang. I, I've got I've to get out of this. And you know what? Gangs don't let you leave. And these gang members beat him within an inch of his life. And Lance said when he finally got healed up enough, he skipped town. And he left Western Australia and went to South Wales. And he said, and he said I, was, I was trying to figure out who in the world am I and you know, what, what in the world is my life going to be all about? And he said, and don't you know it, out of all the places, he said, I stumbled into this little tiny Pentecostal church and I discovered Jesus. And I found out that's who I was created to be. Oh, what love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called the children of God. And that's who we really are. And Lance said, I, I, I couldn't believe. And he, he said, but I, I still had this tattoo. And he said, I still was always looking over my shoulder, thinking if another gang sees that, that gang tattoo on me, that you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up. And he, he met a gal. Throw that next picture up. This is Rebecca. And he fell in love with Rebecca, and Rebecca became his wife. And Rebecca, interestingly enough, was a tattoo artist. And, uh, and, and, and Lance himself had actually dabbled in, in doing tattoos. And so he asked Rebecca, he said, Is you, can you remove that gang tattoo? And she said, yes, I can. And so she did. And, and Lance, as he removed that tattoo, he said it was just so freeing. He said, because I was removing the mark of who I used to be. He said, I had embraced this new identity inwardly, but I was removing the effect of it outwardly. He said, and all of a sudden I discovered that's my ministry in life. Throw that next picture up. And so now he offers free to any gang member who's trying to get out, to anyone who has a portion of their past in a tattoo that they want to go. He said they come in and he will do it for free. They will remove the marks outwardly so that they can match outwardly the inward freedom that they have. I love it. He was, when he was talking about his tattoo shop, he goes, it's a little scary for people because when they come in, this is one of the first things they see. And Lance said, I'm not afraid to admit it. He said, I found my identity. He said, I too am part of a gang. I'm a part of God's gang. Amen. I, I love it. Second Corinthians 3.18. Paul said it so well. Read it with me. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Now, I call this series the journey to freedom because freedom is a journey. Uh, taking the first step is accepting Jesus Christ into your life as a personal Lord and Savior, but that's just the first step. I don't know about you, but I discovered when I gave my heart to Christ, I still had a lot of stuff in my life that didn't look much like God. And there was an, a, a, a process that begins to happen as we begin to walk in the fullness of that identity, which gets me to the second thought. God also wants us to recover the power that he provides us. He also wants us to, to recover the power that he provides us. Back to Genesis, back to the garden again, Genesis 1, 26. Read it with me, church. Then God said, 
Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may, that they may what? Rule. This was the gift of dominion. In other words, God said, I'm setting you above all the other of of my creation. I'm giving you power to live your life. And that was a huge gift. And that's a part of what God wants us to reclaim. We don't have to be slaves to sin. We don't have to be slaves of the things that that put its hooks in us. We, We need to walk in the fullness of that power. But can we be honest? We often don't. I mean, we who say we can do all things through Christ who give us the strength don't always do the things we know that we ought to do. Those of us who say, you know what, uh, when, when you're a part of the, the body of Christ, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus our Lord. And yet we don't really lean in to that power. And that power is something God wants us to reclaim. When I thought about, when I was thinking about this, I remembered a story that I thought this is a great picture of how we often are. Um, there, is a, uh, there is a guy, Frank Guerin, and his fiance were walking in a park in Springfield, Illinois, oh, a few years back. And um, they were walking along and they were talking, you know, just young lovers. And, and uh, they, he was looking up in a tree and he said, I looked up in this tree and he said, there was the biggest squirrel I had ever seen. And um, he said, my fiance and I were just looking at it, just going, that is, that's crazy big. And he told his fiance, he started bragging, he said, I used to hunt squirrels all the time. And he said, I can talk squirrels right out of the tree. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're a big talker. Yeah, 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 you know, kind of stuff. And, and he goes, no, watch this. And he just starts going, yep, 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 whatever, however squirrels talk. I don't know, you know. But he starts, he starts talking like, he just starts making this chatter. And don't you know, this squirrel jumps out of the tree right on top of his head and starts clawing at him. And this guy falls to the ground yelling to his fiance, get it off, get it off, get it off, you know, and it takes, this squirrel takes him down, he goes, oh, I can see with claws and fur flying, and he said, arrested him, throw the picture, there you got it, you got it, look at these scratch marks on his face, now, here's what I thought was hilarious, this guy is like six foot four, 260 pounds, he's an army vet, did a tour in Iraq, has a purple heart, and he gets taken out by a squirrel, Now, I have to be honest with you, that didn't give me a whole lot of confidence in our military. <laughs> but I thought, isn't that how we often are? I mean, we, we claim this incredible power that God can give us. We, we say that we believe that God can do all of these things. And yet, if we're honest, it's not the power of God that we're leaning into. Come on. We try to do it on our own strength. Look at me. Can I tell you something? You can't do it of your own strength. Paul makes a statement. We'll circle back to this later in this series. But Paul makes a statement that is so insightful if you understand it. Here's what he said. When I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, when when I come to understand how dependent I am on the power of God, that's when I'm the strongest. Amen. You know, I don't know what you struggle with, don't know what your jail cell may be, but I do know God wants to help you break out of that. I love Romans uh, chapter 6 and verse 4. Read it with me. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. 
Let me just give you one more. God wants us to recover the freedom for which he created us. God wants us to discover the freedom for which he created us. Again, if you go back to Genesis, I don't have this on your outline, but if you go back to Genesis, it's so interesting. It said when God created Adam and Eve, he said, you are free. You are free. You are free to eat of anything in the garden. You are free to, to explore this beautiful world. Okay, you, you are free. Just don't do this. But you are free to do all of that. We chose captivity. Adam and Eve sinned, and when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and sin has come to all of us. That's why the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And from that day forward, we have struggled with our captivity. And God has called us to live free. Uh, there's a great story. Back in uh, Brian uh, Valentino, 33-year-old in New York, who... Um, had, had been uh, arraigned in a courthouse, and he was uh, taken to, uh, he was, they, they told him they were sending him to jail for his hearing, and as he was handcuffed, he was put in the back of a patrol car, and he was, he was being driven to, to the jail. Uh, he decided he didn't want to go to jail, and so he rolls over, and he kicks out the back window of this patrol car, and he headfirst jumps out of this car, takes off running. And these police officers, of course, they jump out of the car and they're chasing him through the street and they're chasing him around. And Brian thinks he's going to get past him. So he decides he's going to duck into this building to hide. Not realizing that the building he ducked into was the building that housed the county sheriff's office. And as he goes through the door and starts running down the hallway and handcuffs, a deputy who saw him, who was really smart, went, there's a running man in handcuffs. He probably shouldn't be here, you know, and they, they arrested him. I thought of Brian's story when, when I thought of how we are, because he, here's our story, folks. Many of us don't go from captivity to freedom. We go from captivity to captivity. We go to, from one form of captivity to another form of captivity to another form of captivity. Whenever we try to free ourselves what we discover is we're not strong enough to break the shackles. We have these inclinations within us. If it's not taking us toward one thing, it takes us toward another. And sometimes, if we're honest, we just switch our addictions. And we move from this to that. We need the power of God to be free. Can we read the verse again? 2 Corinthians 3.17. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, I don't know what you um, struggle with today. I don't know where you might need freedom in your life. But I know that God wants you to take a step today toward that freedom. And today, uh, in just a moment, I want to I play a video. And it's a, a video of many of the leaders of our Celebrate Recovery program who are going to share with you their struggle and what God has helped them to find. 
And I'm going to be honest with you. When I watched this video for the first time last Thursday, I sat at my desk and I bawled like a baby. Because these people are so honest and they are so real. And they are so open about the fact that this is their jail cell that they have wrestled with. And they have invited God to help them find freedom. I hope you find power in their testimony to get honest with what God is wanting to deal with you about. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And my prayer is that you will take that one step today. For some of us, that first step is inviting Jesus Christ in to be the Lord and Savior of our life. Look at me. I don't care who you, who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. God's grace is greater than all of our sin. And for some of us, that first step is just to confess your need. Stop trying to do this on your own. Invite Jesus Christ to become the healer, the savior of your life, and to begin to lead you on that journey to freedom. For some of us, we've already accepted Christ as our savior, and our our first step is, is getting real with God and getting real with ourselves. And my prayer for you is that somehow you'll find the strength and the courage to stop dancing around the stuff that you know is beneath the surface and really take an honest step toward freedom in your life. Um, out in the, in the lobby at our Celebrate Recovery table, we've got some of the people who are leaders in that. And I, I hope that sometime during this series that you will just stop and visit with them, find out a little bit more about what Celebrate Recovery is all about and perhaps you to be a part of that. Um, But more than anything else, I want you to walk in the freedom that God created you to have. Can I pray for you today? Father God, as we come before you, um, sometimes the hardest things in our life to talk about are the very things that we need to talk about. And, and I have to believe, Lord, that if, if, if you were leading a church here on earth, uh, if you were the pastor, that you, you would want a, a real church with real people, with real problems, who could find hope from a real God. And that's the kind of place that we want Chartel to be. Father, we've Open the door toward freedom today. We're taking our first steps on a path that will let us walk the way that you created us to walk. Lord, I pray for each person today that maybe for the first time in their life, they're admitting their need for you. For the first time in their life, they're, they're asking you to forgive them of their past and to begin to give them a brand new future. Lord, they're, they're knowing, they, they know today that they can't do this on their own. So in the great words of Carrie Underwood, they're saying, Jesus, take the wheel. I can't guide my life anymore. And Father, today I pray you would wrap your loving arms of grace around them. And I pray that you would just let the fullness of your love wash over them. That you would let them know that this was the moment that you've always longed for. That you can walk with them through this life. 
And they don't have to do it on their own. For some of us, God, we've, we've taken that first step and we've invited you to be our Savior and our Lord. But for some of us, Lord, we still have some jail cells in our life that we've kind of closed the door on and really don't want to admit that they're there. And I pray that you would teach us the power that's released when we find the courage to go to places that we don't want to go and face some things that we don't want to face. Father, I pray that you will open the door wide in our hearts that we might discover the fullness of the freedom that only you can provide. Lord, we know that freedom isn't something that just happens in an instant, but it is a journey. And today, Lord, by the powerful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we take our first step on that journey with you. And it's in the precious name of our Lord that we pray today. And everyone said,